For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Welcome, everybody, to the BSR Report. Uh, I am your host, Banks, coming to you live and in person on this wonderful Wednesday night. Uh, once again, I am joined by my uh, two uh, compadres, both from the great state of Texas. Uh, Soup, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Hey, Banks. Hey, Dirt. Good to be here. Uh, another episode of the BS Report. Got Dirt full-time now, uh, ready to talk some trades and maybe break down a little bit of the season and look a little look forward to the playoffs uh, on a somber note just want to give a shout out RIP to the to the BS report mascot uh, Banks's dog ice who's no longer with us he was a great dog he had a great life and uh, he wanted me to tell you that he thought you were a great owner well, shit. Um, gonna get in my feels real quick here. I appreciate that soup, and I know he would appreciate that too. And we love old Icy. Um, popular uh, against popular belief and the rumors that were swirling all over league. Uh, the BS report is not breaking down. We are strong as ever, and that means our our third amigo Dirt is with us, live and in person, as always, moving forward and tonight. Dirt, welcome uh, to our podcast, my friend. Yeah, I know there's been a little trouble in paradise, but what uh, you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger here in the BS Report. I'm happy to be here. We're moving forward and uh, hopefully going to give you a good pod. Uh, so thanks for uh, for having me. Absolutely, we are a, a band of brothers, and brothers fight, brothers love brothers hash things out and we move forward stronger as a family so uh with that said let's move forward into sim world and let's uh touch right on the big news of the day and that was uh Drews pushing all in um moving one one for doug wren uh mr wren was uh you know not someone that we thought this i personally didn't think that he would be moved i thought this was a case of uh rex chapman all over again um but you know drews came up to the plate with a major offer soup uh your thoughts on the deal um maybe you know want to get your perspective on you know if Ren, you know, obviously we know he's an amazing player, but if he leaves, like, and he's just lost 1-1 and doesn't win a title, like, you know, obviously that may be devastating. Your thoughts kind of on the deal from maybe that perspective. Yeah, echo what you said. I, I'm more I'm more shocked that Krause traded him than I am of Drew's trading a 1.1 for him. Uh, I didn't think, uh, I know we've, we've heard some rumors of some pretty substantial offers made for Ren. And it looked like uh, Scrouse was unmoved on those. Uh, thought he, that uh, I guess he was a little more intrigued by getting that higher pick as a, you know opposed to two top five, you know somewhere in that range. Um, I gotta like it for Drews, man. I, I love the balls. I love going all in. Um, I know a lot of people get ridiculed him for moving that 1.1 1. 1, uh, just because there's so much uncertainty moving forward with Ren. Uh, he also gives up a pretty good player in Lenny Cook who. 
Uh, pretty good shooting guard on that team. Kind of fit, kind of fit what they needed. Uh, there's not a whole lot of shots to go around with, with what the Grizzlies have in the front court. Uh, and we saw a little bit of, uh, you know, they had Pierre Luigi uh, at point guard last year, and he was another kind of guy that didn't take a lot of shots. And when they added Mitchell this year, you saw them kind of take a step back, just because maybe there wasn't enough enough shots to go around. And Cook was a guy that fit, you know, perfectly in there. But I mean, anytime you get a chance to get a player at the, the magnitude of Wren, uh, I think it's uh, it's good. Certainly for this season, at least. Uh, there was some some talk, debate and shout whether we should consider Wren uh, an elite player. Uh, some people saying he's just maybe a very good player. I'm I'm a fan. Um, you got a guy that you can a big 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 body that you can put in there and shooting guard to add to this Grizzlies lineup that's just already you know devastating against teams. It just seems like he mold, runs them over and mows them over. So um, long term, maybe maybe something that he should maybe thought a little bit about. That's uh, it's hard to especially with the Wren being ex- expiring, but luckily he does have birds there, uh, so he's got he's going to have the hand up on resigning him. But uh, I, I, mean, I commend Drew. It's that's that's a that's the kind of move I would make too. I enjoy winning in this league. It's all about championships. Uh, anything you can do to help get those championships, I'm all about. Um, you might may, maybe a little buyer's remorse if he misses out on the play or you know misses out in the playoffs and doesn't make it to the finals and loses him in free agency. But you know what? That's that's just that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. But uh, uh, overall, Scrouse gets what he wants. Uh, is going to be able to take the top player in that 06 draft. So I don't, I like it for both. Uh, maybe a little bit of an overpay, but I understand why Drews did it. Yeah. I mean, one, one in a, in any draft is just prime real estate. Um, you know, I, I, I think you touched on a lot of great points, dirt. Um, you know, you're no, uh, you're no stranger to moving elite players for uh, draft capital and vice versa. Your, your thoughts on, this deal, um, not only from Scrouse's perspective, but, you know, maybe, I mean, not only from Drew's perspective, but maybe a little bit on Scrouse as he's starting his rebuild. Yeah, I've, I've traded for 1.1 and I've traded away 1.1 already in just a short two seasons. So, um, unfortunately it didn't go my, you know, my way, but that, that doesn't mean that, that Drew's is gonna, is gonna lose because of it. I felt like it was a very fair deal on both ends and, we actually spoke a little bit in shout about this of um, what Scrouse would be looking for. And I even put in shout that I don't think I'd trade Ren unless I got 1.1 just because you get the, you know, pick of the litter in that draft. And that's just as important as having like a 1.4 and a 1.5 because you're kind of just lost to you. So I feel like Ren, I'm not real sure if I lean towards Drew or, or Scrouse on this. And I think that's why it's such a fair deal. Um, it was, it's a little bit of a risk reward for Drew. So I give him props for, for digging in the hills and trying to go for back to back. And it's a lot easier to, to, to deal 1.1 when you've got a belt, you know, when you're the defending champ. So, and as for Scrouse, he's still got a really good piece, um, in the shooting guard that he received that he should be able to move if he wants to in, um, a cook. He, he's got good field goal percentage. He's got 1.1. So, I think I would have probably wanted more for, for Ren, but let's just see what he gets for Cook before I really say he, he didn't get enough because 1.1 is a, a rare piece to get in a package for a player. So I, I give Scrouse props. 
hey, I mentioned a little bit here about how when he added the point guard Mitchell, you know, prior to the season, uh, it seemed to be struggling a little bit. It wasn't maybe meshing quite as well. Do you think adding a player like a like a volume shooter like Wren, you think that's going to give him more of the same problems, or do you think Wren kind of he kind of you know he's above he's above that, like he's going to elevate the Grizzlies' play uh, even more? Man, I'm in just. I think you just get the best players you can get. I would rather have five legit scorers because any given day Smith could foul out, and when Smith fouls out with that 16 minutes, you still have Ren to pick up the the offense in that particular game. So I understand with the way the league's going to have Lang and Joshua Smith put up, you know, 60 percent of your shots is probably better than having a point guard shoot, but. When you get in the playoffs and you face a, an elite big man and they they foul out, it would it is pretty nice to have like a top three small forward come in and fill that hole with, you know the the actual percentages that Ren shoots. So I don't know I don't know the answer, but I like what Drews is building. I would say that uh, just personally, like, can you fix the point guard situation in, in, at this point in the league? You know, with all the trades that have gone down, all the roster movement, you know, it, could you have moved off of Mitchell? Probably not. And so, as Dirt said, I think you get as much top-tier talent as you can. Um, obviously, he's he's all in on a title. If he wins a title, the deal is fan, is great on his part, you know. Uh, I think somebody had made a case and shout, and, and I understand it, and, you know, and I kind of lean with it, too. Like, you could still have this great roster, and you can still be a title contender for the next two, three years, depending on how his power forwards progress or, you know, or regress, but, you know, and then you have that one, one for that next window. So, um, you know, there is a case to be made that, you know, one, one is a price too much. I was one of the guys that said, I didn't think Ren was an elite player. I think you have elite players in this league. I don't think he is. He's probably the level underneath that, but that doesn't mean he's not a very good player. I also think that, you know, with that move, the Grizz become the favorite out West to, uh, come out of it once again but you know software will software but i think on paper right now as we stand there they're probably the best uh you know team as we go yeah do you think drews is staying pat at this point or do you think he's maybe looking to move one of these guys you know and get maybe more of a defensive minded big man or you know maybe getting someone who is not a little long in the tooth you know like Lang and smith or do you think he's, he's content with riding with this team right now? Dirt, do you want to chime in on that? And then I'll I'll follow in behind you. Yeah, I think he's just going to keep this squad together. He was pretty pumped after this sim and shout um, right after the sim was posted saying the Grizz were on a roll. So I think he's um, doing, you know, I think the team is playing 9-1 in the last 10, 21-4 at home. You add Wren to this lineup and he can still potentially get the one seed. So as long as he continues the run, I don't, I don't see him moving any more pieces. I'm not real sure what else he has, but I, I think he'll, he'll continue with this squad see what it does. Are you a little concerned about Joshua Smith and Doug Rand both being free agents? Or do you think he's got, he's probably got the cap to bring both those guys back? Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult with Josh Smith because I guarantee he'll probably get a max. And 
and then you obviously you're going to have a shit ton of maxes for Ren. He has two of the top three free agents on his roster, but fortunately for him, he'll have the opportunity to do the the super max on on Ren. I think it's starting at 15 million to where everyone else will be starting at 12.5, and he can throw the seven years and the 12% increases on Ren. So I think that's the one thing that was good for Drew's is just when he did trade 1.1 for an expiring guy, at least he can, you know, make the extreme super max compared to what everybody else can. So the percentages are, are pretty high on keeping Ren and that's the number one important piece. Joshua Smith is good, but Ren is definitely uh, the guy you want to keep over the two. Yeah. I um <clears throat> just looking at uh, his roster circling back to tidy up this topic here before we move on. I don't know if he has any assets as far as trade uh, draft picks to really make a substantial move. Uh, I think one, one was his, his big uh, one uh, gigantic bullet. And I think he fired it. Um, you know, he could move players for players. Um, but I think he's probably set Pat uh, dirt is, was accurate dirt. Uh, you know, Drews was super excited about the deal as he should be like, you know, that makes him a, a you know, it's a big step forward adding a player like Ren. And, you know, and like you said, he's coming off a title. He's got to really feel good about where his team is. I, I do also think that um, free agency will be interesting. Uh, it's, a little bit different this year because of the lack of talent in the pool. Um, you know, it's it's so bad that Ian won't even <clears throat> make a uh, article on it. He just feels like it's not even 10 guys deep at this point. So all eyes and all cap space are going to be gunning for every single one of Drews's free agents. Um, so, you know, it, it will it will give him indigestion. He will need some brioche uh, as us Italians use it. Um, but he's gonna he's gonna sweat it out, I think, free agency. But again, at the end of the day, like Soup said, this is about winning titles. And if he wins a title, it'll be all worth it. Um, Speaking of all worth it, uh, we have uh, had some vocal people on this podcast and in shout uh, uh, criticizing Ankley. Uh, he like he spent a few sim years uh, and rightfully criticized because he spent a few sim years trying to GM for other people. Uh, I won't point them out; they're free to speak on their own behalf here. But he actually made some moves this off season. He uh, tr- uh, built around Belov. He added May to the deal from the Suns as the Suns are beginning their reboot. Dirt, your thought on Ankeley's moves and and maybe even touch a little bit on where the Suns sit at this point. Uh, where the Suns sit at this point is I actually like where they're sitting. They they've got I think it's three three top six picks in the next two years, um, I believe. So I know trading May is it's a little tough because he's a top, you know, small forward, but he's got a one point four and one point six in 04. And that's two picks in top six in the C-Web tra- uh, um, class. And then he has 1.2 in 05. So he, um, I think his future is bright. You know, he also has like a 1.13 this year and some other uh, lottery style type picks. So I really like what, what Andrew Luck's doing. I, as me and myself doing a rebuild kind of similar way, I, I'm real curious to see what he does after, you know, the 0405 drafts to see if he's going to, trade the rest of his picks or continue to kind of not be as active on the board and slow play this. Um, but I think Ank definitely got the great end of the deal. He has arguably a top five player in the game with Bojan. He was able to add a legit 30 points per game score with him and then just filled out his roster. And I really like what the Knicks are doing this year. I think, um, of course, they're not the one seed right now. They've had some injuries and 
it's just such a stacked, uh, it's such a top-heavy league right now. So we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But when I'm going into the playoffs and having a two-headed monster like that, I, I feel pretty confident. So I think they both uh, did really well for themselves in this deal. Yeah, I was one of those uh, most critical of Inc. Uh, the last two seasons, he just seemed kind of, you know, just just I'm willing to sit there with the best player in the league and let him run away and just more concerned about running other people's teams and shout. And I'm, uh, so, I mean, props to him for finally getting a deal done. And uh, he got arguably a top five player in the league. Uh, May was having a little bit of a down season, but I mean, looking at him on the, on the, on the Knicks this year, I mean, he's the, he's the same player. Uh, he's, uh, uh, after seeing what Ren went for, maybe a uh, pretty good deal that, that the Knicks got there. Uh, I like May better than Ren. So, I mean, he didn't have to give – he gave up 1.4 and 1.6 uh, and a couple of later first. But uh, definitely that one-two punch in Bojan and May, that's as, that's as scary as it gets combo-wise in the league. I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, a couple of other players on his teams that he got later on in trades. But as far as this one is sitting, uh, the props tank. I mean, I was, I was very, I was very surprised uh, that he made a trade because it seems like he tested the waters quite a bit on some players, but uh, never really. That even at to the point where he was even floating Bojan out there, maybe as trading him and starting a fresh rebuild. Uh, but I'm glad he held on to him. Uh, and picked up another player. Uh, he's playing really well this year. Uh, one of the better teams in the East. Going to be a really, really tough outcome uh, playoff time. Suns, I mean, he got, I guess, he got about what he could expect. He gets those picks close to, he get those 1.4 1.6 in the same year, you know, along with his pick. So, uh, I mean, he'll get, he'll get quick, be quick on the rebuild. Hopefully he can get a, a player of the of May caliber and add another like a Robin piece to that Batman and be in a better position. Uh, but just not just looking on the board. It didn't seem like he's real active. So I'm not even sure if it would make a difference at this point. Uh, anyways, that's my thoughts on the trade. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, Ankus, he had Bojan. We criticized him for not adding talent around him. And now he, in May, he arguably, arguably added a top five player in the league um projected win shares at this point um have both bojan and luke may in the top five in the league so um you know extremely extremely talented players um <clears throat> you know as you mentioned Supi, uh, ink wasn't done adding players he did make another deal and that'll tie into our our next topic but before we transition there i want to i want to touch on on wrecker and in a little bit of uh a little bit of controversy that came in there as we found out that he uh, he may have been over inflating the HGH on on Mr. Wrecker while he was in, in Toronto. Your thoughts on on his addition of Wrecker and, you know, the negative 10 that came out of uh, out of the out of the, you know, shout conversation. Yeah, I mean, at the time I was in on Wrecker, um, I was looking for a shooting guard. I obviously didn't get him. Uh Ankley came with a better offer, and I was like, wow, I mean, this guy's going to run the league with those three. It uh, doesn't seem like Cricker, I mean, doesn't seem like he really fits the mold of what what the Knicks are doing. I guess there's probably just not a shot, 
enough shots to go around at this point, even to the point to where Ankley has turned around and started shopping him. I know he's injured right now, uh, so he's really not contributing at all sitting on the bench. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he kind of rides it out with him. Record isn't expiring. He really didn't give a whole lot up when you think about it. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he flips in there, maybe gets another piece that's maybe more suited toward towards his team. Uh, but overall, I thought it was, it was a good deal for him. Dirt with a record going over from Toronto and losing his minus 10, your thoughts on that as a, if you were in Anki's uh, seat and getting a player that ended up, uh, I mean, I guess you, you make a lot of deals and maybe we could, you could touch on this topic too. Do you usually just trust uh, the, you know, transaction pages that are updated by other GMs or do you take the extra step sometimes to just do your due diligence? Well, when I look for, when I look at shooting guards and especially before making a trade offer, I'll look at their actual uh, improvements thread to see if they're capped. Like, you know, before I went to Blackman, I was like, okay, he tried to put plus 10 in his inside and he already had 70 or seven, you know, he already had 70. So I'm looking for my shooting guard to already have a capped inside. So I try to at least go through the improvement the race to see, okay, he put this into that and put, put this into it, but he couldn't. So it helps me. Like, I want to, I want to know what's in him. I want to know what could have gone into him. So, and I think strength, plus 10 strength to record, I don't think is that big of a deal. I don't think it's really going to – yeah, it might help his volume a little bit, especially playing alongside, you know, Vosian and in May. But when it comes to his field goal percentage, I truly believe it. it's not going to affect it. Minus 10 strength isn't. Um, you know, like a big man I think would. But being a shooting guard, which probably already had pretty low strength, I don't I don't think it was that big of, a, of an impact. So I think the, you know, record is good on the Knicks. I think he'll be fine for the Knicks the rest of the year. Um, but I'm real curious to see uh, how many maxes he's going to get. And he's going to get several from a lot of people in the league. So I, uh, I think the Raptors, well, I know we'll go into it in more in depth with the Raptors. And I think 1.6 was, was really good when the other shooting guards went for, uh, for, you know, lower price tags, but yeah, that, I just, I would yeah, look well, at the improvement thread. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm. You might as well just get into the Raptors because they weren't done. Obviously, the you know Delap had said he was going to fire sale his roster, and fire sale he did. He uh, made another pretty substantial move in moving Belov and uh, <clears throat> to the Atlanta Hawks in in what was a pretty big stunner of a move. But he moves Butler and Belov dirt, and, and obviously he's on his rebuild in, in a timeline. We've touched on the Suns. Now we got the Raptors. You know, there is a, a movement here on the next wave of teams after this first initial wave gets it gets through. Um, you know, actually, if Soup, you want to touch on it, go ahead. Yeah, I would. I wasn't really in on the Belov deals. I know he had initially reached out to me to see if I was interested. But at the time, I was still trying to re-sign my, my point guard, Papa, Papa Lock, in free agency. So I really didn't have any interest at the time. But I know through talking to you, you had some serious interest there, and I know you had a pretty strong out offer out there, but it was for uh, Belov and then the shooting guard wrecker, and kind of he went a different direction there, and kind of surprised you. I know uh, I thought it was a really good trade for for the Hawks. Uh, they lost Larry Brown in free agency, and obviously they needed to add a point guard to build on to what they got 
you know, what they had from the previous season, you know, going all the way to the Eastern Conference semifinals. Uh, so why not add the best point guard in the league? Uh, so he was able to do that. Um, add Butler, who, you know, is another defensive wing uh, who can score a little bit on good percentages. Uh, just added to that already juggernaut of a front line, front court team. So I really liked uh, what what the Hawks added, obviously. Uh Pushed him even higher up in the into contender status. Little little uh, confused by DLAT making that move when I thought there maybe could have been better offers out there, or I felt like maybe a lot of teams didn't even know that Butler and uh, Belov were were an option. You know, to me, I know you you have mentioned that maybe you'll touch base on that right now. Uh, you didn't even know that 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 was a possibility and probably could have had a better offer than what the Hawks even offered. Why don't you touch on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was originally in on Beloff even before the season, the playoffs ended <laughs> the previous year. So I, I, I was trying to put him in with, you know, Ellis and, and thinking about running outside, outside, ugh, outside offense. Um, and then, you know, it's just my due diligence. I, I try to do it. I offered a, a Wrecker and Beloff deal. And he turned it down thinking uh, he could get a better uh, return by splitting the two up. Never did I think, well, let me throw Butler in there <laughs> instead of Wrecker because that would work just as well. Um, and so that's that's partially on my fault uh, on that. So, But, yeah, I, I was uh, I was very interested in, in, in making that combo come to fruition. But, you know, as uh, things happen in Sim League, things go quickly and you just have to uh, react. I think uh, ultimately – where I ended up, I'm pretty happy with. Um, maybe even a little bit more so than if if I uh, took my head out of my ass and and made a proper offer to Delop for for the combo that he ended up moving off here to the Hawks. Dirt, you want to touch on uh, your your thoughts and feelings on on it from the Hawks and even the Raptors? Yeah, the I just the only issue I have with the Raptors, they made it to the finals and then did a fire sale. And they just got such bare minimum back for their roster. When you look at their old um, assets, thread, and this is just the next five years, but he has one eight in 03, like nothing in 04. In 05, he has 1.6. I mean, 05, 1.6. And then in 06, he doesn't have anything until like 22 and 23. And then 07, he's got back-to-back picks for 13 and 14. So he has one... Two top ten picks, eight and six, and I just I don't see how you move an MVP and you don't even get a top five pick. Like his best pick is from his you know shooting guard wrecker, and I just I don't that's that's just such a I don't know it's just so difficult to say that the Raptors did well in the fire cell because they just don't really have much they can do. The talent at one point eight and one you know one thirteen and. 13 and 14 five years i i just i feel pretty bad for dlap i understand he lost magnifico to me kind of like how i lost greek in to trophy and i know that probably took a hit on him but i just that just it hurts my heart to know that mvp was moved for just such such little value and with that said just the hawks are they they just stole an amazing player that they'll probably have for the next two years Another thing I want to point in, point out to the Hawks, uh, you're looking at like some of the other teams around the league. These guys that we have in the 30s and stuff, we're having to resign them, you know, to 15 million, 17.5 million, 
dollar deals. But with the Hawks, he's done a very good job of getting players who are on long contracts. Uh, he's still got George, you know, under two more years. He's got Devin Williams for three more years, Deshaun Butler three years, Nash three years, Bailoff for three more years, uh, Takoto for three more years. So, I mean, he's got all these guys locked up for the next two, three seasons on low amounts, you know, certainly way more than they would be getting paid on the open market. So I think a lot of kudos needs to go to JHB on building this team and the way he built it. Yeah, absolutely. I think JHB took a little bit of criticism last year uh, for his George deal, and then he made another splash this year. And I think uh, if down the road here, when we get a new GM rankings, I think he uh, he'll climb on those, and and he should get his respect for you know making the moves uh, that were available to him and seeing a lane that maybe some others didn't. Go ahead, Dirt. Yeah, I mean, I think they voted JHB like a top five GM in that um, that article. He was above me. I think I was seven. So I mean, he's been obviously showing his skills through 5.0. I think you can argue that he had the best creation draft by far, you know, with getting the guys, the really solid guys that had like the five-year contracts. So he was really smart in creation, and it's really um, showing up. I think Soup had a, you know, set a nail on the head. He's his GM skills are by far um, showing out just because of this him being smart in creation, not going too crazy, getting the guys he thinks are good on long-term deals. So I think the respect is there when you look at GMs voting for who is the best GM. Well, I want let's give him even more then. Let's let's bump him up to three unless he wins a title, and then we can we could discuss that number two spot, right? Uh let's head out west, right? We've talked a little bit here on the east side. Uh a team that's slowly built himself up really nicely um is the is uh magic with the Portland Trailblazers. He this offseason uh, you know also made a couple of trades here. Um, you know, he he grabbed uh, William Buford. And uh, to add on to his roster to go with, uh, you know, Ralph Sampson and, and you know, Josh Peppers as well. So, Soup, uh, your thought on these up-and-coming Blazers? Yeah, I'm a really big Buford fan. Uh, I, I was kind of shocked to see the kind of mixed feelings on him when, when uh, Magic made that trade. Uh, whether you think Buford's elite or if you think he's just a all-star type guy, uh, he got him for really cheap. I mean, he he gave up 1.8 and 1.25. That's not a whole lot when you start looking at what other players maybe slightly better than Buford are going for. So I think uh, Magic did a really good job of buying buying early there and kind of before the market was set. So um, I'm I'm kind of not sure what Yon was doing there. I, I don't know why why he wanted to to sell off. It seemed like he was selling off out one door but out the back door he was he was buying so i really didn't make a whole lot of sense what he was doing but uh yeah blazers are i mean i mentioned last year that you know he was kind of that next tier down and i mentioned that with with the aging grizzly and aging mavericks and with the clippers committed to their to their sell-off that he was you know on the up and up for the next season and it, it looks like you know, behind Samson and some of these free agency or these free agents are trades that he made that he's he's put himself in a prime spot uh, to be a contender in the West this year. I really uh, one th- I was as, as as much as I was up for this Buford, you know, on his side on the Buford deal. I was really shocked by 
at first on this Blazers, uh, the Blazers uh, magic trade for Peppers. Um, I was kind of, I was like, man, why would you do that? I mean, you're kind of in a good spot. Uh, Peppers isn't really that good, but I was wrong. Peppers has been fucking outstanding. And it's gave, gave him a, a nice scoring boost on the wing. Him and Buford have been playing really, really well together. So uh, props to Magic. Um, all I heard from people was that he was not very quick to buy. Uh, not very quick to buy. Always kind of kicking tires, never buying. But uh, he certainly uh, went all in this off se- this uh, this off season, and uh, it looks like it's paying off. Dirt, uh, your thoughts on you know Magic and the Blazers, and then uh, you know lead us into the next topic here uh, and touch on you know Yawn. He, as Soup said, he's kind of one hand out the front door doing one thing, and he's kind of Doc Octopus in it. You know, a couple hands making deals and for you know building up a team strong when the other set of hands are uh, you know selling guys off out the back door. Your thoughts on uh, first the Blazers, and then you know take a look at uh, your feelings on what. Yon is doing with those Washington Bullets. Yeah, I think uh, Magic reaped the benefits of fire sales more than anybody else in the league. Um, Peppers was an excellent field goal percentage. You know, had, he had 57% last year. It's just he's he's got those issues to where he's not getting those 32, 33 minutes. And even, you know, you pair him alongside Buford and I know some people might not like Buford that much because he's got, you know, what, a 48, 49 field goal percentage instead of these small forwards doing 55 to 56. But you don't need two, you know, small forwards to give you that amount of field goal percentage when you've got a Samson as your center. Um, I think he's – I was completely wrong about um, Samson going 1.2. I think it was perfect for for Magic to to take him there and then to fill his roster with two uh, wings that were actually fairly cheap. I think he did what was best for his team with the assets that he had. Um, so props on him, and I think he's just missing a point guard, and, and we'll see what happens in free agency and, and what Magic has um, left to do there or if he's just going to ride it out. And Are there any other – is there any point guards on the market that you think he could buy this year? Are you seeing anybody there? I just don't see any. Unfortunately, I feel like isn't he having a baby soon? Um, yeah, maybe that's yeah. why. Yeah, and I think I think that might have been why he really sold all of his assets is because he felt he's probably going to have to deal with the newborn, and so let's kind of go all in. I'll watch my team be great the next couple, you know, few year few years while my baby's you know born and and I'm taking care of the wifey and all that, but. I just don't know what point guards out there unless you go for an older vet that you can just throw cash at him because he doesn't have any more assets at this moment. Next year, once the wheel turns over and he has another pick five years from now, I think that'll be the time for him to make a move for a point guard. Yeah, I just want to bring up as as eager as he was to buy in the offseason, I came to him with a uh, offer to get Pierre Luigi. I mean, he's not the best point guard, but he's, you know, the reigning point guard on a championship team. Uh, so I figured, I mean, he could have made a move for someone like that. He just gets, he got, you know, work gets in the way you get busy and you miss out on an opportunity like that. So yeah, he just seems like he's still a point guard away, but uh, he's still putting up a good record regardless. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for like a, a, a low, uh, you know, a low dollar asset, he could, hit up ward he has a few point guards there still um one you know my guy uh, gardner from last year he could be a nice little 
uh, upgrade probably wouldn't cost them a whole heck of a lot. You know, there's I think there's some small moves out there. You know, like you said, Soup, you had offered him Pierluigi. Um, you know, so I think there is a little bit more tweaking he can do uh, on on the on, on the edges. We'll see if he ultimately does that. Again, like you said, you know, congrats to him. He's got uh, a bundle of joy on the way, so he could be a bit distracted at this point. Um, distracted could be a way to, to describe yawn. <laughs> Soup, your your thoughts on uh, on the bullets? Uh, maybe their what they got back in value for some of their assets they sold off, and then what they spent to uh, you know build up on the other end. Yeah, I mean it's it's what happened to his team is pretty tragic. I mean he was looking good, and then to lose Sharar the way he did in free agency when he offered the most money that's just I mean, that's pretty brutal. So I don't know if that's that's in his headspace or I mean he didn't seem like he in the years past it didn't seem like he was always the active guy, but he's been active in six point so I got to give him that. Um, I don't I just. If you, if the re, if the rebuild or the you know the resell is the way you're going to go and moving Buford, that's one thing I can get behind. But then to turn around and make a move for Chief, you know, giving up assets, I just I don't I don't get the the Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, it's just it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And on top of that, to give up what he gave up for Chief, I mean, he gave up you know 1.6 and then a mid first, as well as some upgrade points. I just I felt like that was a overpay at that time for chief uh i'm not sure if you could have got him cheaper but i definitely think that's probably not a move that he should made and then you got you know he's in the market still trying to move gathers uh who knows if that happens i'm I'm i know you've been in on those trade talks as well as a few other gms so ultimately i just it's going to be interesting to see what he moves gathers for i know you you guys were really close to pulling the trigger at one point before he started up in the price. So um, I don't know. I just, I don't understand the, the, the trading and then getting chief and then trying to move gathers. I don't, I don't understand what's going on there, but at least he's active. Yeah. I will say that um, at one point I was pretty optimistic a deal was going to get done. You know, obviously if you're in Yon's, uh, you know, shoes, he's going to want to maximize uh, the return back on a guy like gathers. And that's completely understandable. Um, it just, the price got a little bit out of, out of my, uh, my range. Um, unfortunately, I think that I could probably circle back and we could find a happy medium, but the successive moves that I wanted and had in place that kind of led to some tension between the podcast members here, um, that kind of fell apart at this point. And that's not a, that's not an avenue I, I have. So, you know, kind of taking myself out of, out of that, uh, gathers deal at this point. Um, but it is interesting to see what he ends up doing. You know, I, I don't blame him. Like you said, he, he's got the Sharar issue and then, you know, he's, he's probably not, not, he's probably aware that he's not good enough as is to compete. So he's kind of in a no, a nowhere land. So I, I get the, the selling and the buying and then the selling again. Um, but you know, it'd just be interesting to see ultimately, you know, if he does put, it seems like he's still keeping gathers on the market where he, um, wearing what he gets in return. And then he bought Byron Scott as well. So, I mean, another, just another head. I mean, like, is, is he selling? Is he buying? Is he doing? I mean, it's just, just head scratching yeah. all around. 
Well, listen, I'm a big Byron Scott fan, so I th- I like the move. I like that move a lot for him. I I thought that was a really nice young piece to put uh, in place with Gathers. Um, I just I I really hated that chap uh, that chief deal for him. I I just thought it was very bad value in return. Um, especially coming off the heels of of the other move of uh, Buford. I just didn't I didn't didn't understand that one too. It just those two moves just don't 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 make sense in my brain. And you were you were real critical and shout how a lot of people gave you shit for, you know, trade with the Kings, you know, looking back to last year. And you felt that this this trade was on par with that and you were kind of confused why people weren't giving twenties the the same kind of shit. I mean, do you wouldn't talk about that at all? Well, I mean, listen, I I um I get my personality, right? So it, if you're going to compare the way I handle my business in shout <laughs> versus twenties, like, you know, he, he's a, he's a gentleman of the highest order and I am a, a shit starter to the 10th degree. Um, so, you know, that's going to always factor in on the reaction to any deal, you know, if you're going to compare between me and him. So I, I understand that, but if we're going to just be honest about, you know, the face value of deals, then let's just be honest about it and let's not be hypocrites about it. So, you know, on the face value, if you didn't put names attached to these deals, like the GM names on attached to these deals, there's no way you can't come out feeling that <laughs> 20's got every bit the better of yawn that I did of Irish, you know? And so that's just, that's just the way, that's kind of how I feel about it, you know? And then 20's turned around and got another deal, not nearly, I don't think it's as bad as this one, but it still was very beneficial to him in that three-way with with the Wolves. And, and Ian was just like, listen, I agreed to the deal. I know it looks awful for me right now, but I agreed to the deal and I'm a man of my word. So I get that. And maybe he thought he was going to get a better return. But I mean, you have back-to-back deals here that are very slanted in, in the Cougars' direction. And yet there's no heat towards them, you know, where there would probably be like, you know, 22 posts in a thread and, and shout going, you know, so fast you can't even fucking read the next uh, the next verb. So, you know, that was that's just kind of my feelings on it. I mean, I... You know, just said it a couple of times and shout, and and I just feel like, um, you know, and let's just be honest on grading deals as is, and and let's take the personalities out of it sometimes. You know, my deal was not great. You know, I, I've said it on this podcast. I, I the way I intended to get that deal with Irish wasn't the way it, it it came out, and I feel terrible for it. And I did get the better of the deal, and he's maybe quitting because of it. Um. You know, it looks like he is on the fast track of being out of here. Uh, I don't think he signed in in six days. So it's just an awful result all around from that. Um, Yeah. So I just I feel terrible about it. But, you know, we are where we are in league. And so we move forward. And speaking of moving forward, a man that's always, always, always moving forward is our co-host, our man, Dirty Joe. Um, My man, like you, you are the trade king for a reason. I think at last check, you have 42 deals done. Um, you know, Blackman, Riva, Drazen, Hines, Magnifico, that's all like recently within this uh, period here. Talk about, uh, you know, your perspective on the moves. Obviously you're, you're going to be full rebuild here, but, um, you know, any, any trade talks that, uh, that were interesting to you that maybe fell apart or, you know, uh, maybe deals that you didn't see coming that ended up presenting yourself and you ultimately pulled the trigger on. Yeah, um, going into going into Sim One, I had zero draft picks the next five years, or you know, before I had sold anybody off. I had you know, 
no draft picks in the last five years. And I turned that into three top five picks. Well, you know, three top four picks, a 1.15 and a 1.26. And that's how you do a rebuild. Um, I failed with the peewee experiment. I failed with the older squad in the first two seasons. Um, You can call it RNG, injury luck. You can call it whatever you want. It just didn't work. So I decided to go back to the roots of Sim League and do a tank without actually tanking. Um, it's So I tried my best to get picks in the wheel that I could fill out my roster to where I will have four top five picks in four straight seasons, and that will still give me the opportunity to sell a 1.3 and a 1.10 after I draft those four um, players. So that's kind of my goal right now. Patience is key. And I just was trying to maneuver Blackman for something, Mahorn for something. And I tried to make a trade, you know, so I could trade them later down the road. I understand that inflation is huge for players on shitty teams. Kind of like um, me getting Blackman just to try to showcase them on a shitty team in preseason to where I could flip them for more than 1.8. Yes, I had to throw my boy Mahorn in the deal, but I felt getting 1.3 in the in the Caleb, you know, draft is way more important than keeping a a 60 potential big man that will be good for the first you know seven eight years of his career. So, I uh, I just went fire sell, got the motions you can, and Bill Lab, if you're listening to this, this is how you do it. You've got to you just got to keep bugging people until they actually trade you what they want. So that some people are a little easier to deal with than others, but you just got to throw your ego to the side and try to just give them what they want if it still meets what you need. And that that's kind of what I did with the Reva deal. I gave up a little too much with, with the Drazen deal. I didn't want to give them up for 1.2, you know, 2, 8 or 6, but I knew if I did that, I could turn it into, you know, 1.4 in a stacked draft. So sometimes... I get frustrated like like normal human beings do, and I try to move on and move forward. And it, it is sim league, and we all have our own egos and personalities. And sometimes we mesh. Sometimes you you know you you have your feelings one way or the other. So if I ever get frustrated at you or I throw shade at you and over some trade, it's not personal. It's just me getting frustrated, and I apologize for that. So. Um, and, and as far as the me and Banks trade deal, I'm not going to speak on it tonight. I just want to move forward and be buddies with Banks again, and we'll uh, we'll just hash that out once you know outside the pod. Yeah, anybody who's seen you in chat, you know, it was no surprise that you were going to sell off. And I know me and Banks probably more than anyone else talked to you, so we kind of knew that was coming uh, towards the end of last year that you were going to be looking to to, to resell. Um, the big key in that was getting Reba to resign, which you were able to do, and then you were able to flip him and Hines pretty quickly for two top five picks. So that that worked out pretty well for you. Um, I was shocked, however. I mean, I'm not shocked that you moved Blackman, but it's shocked that you included a deal that had McHorn in it because I just, from the talks that we had during the draft between you and Banks and I, how high you were on McHorn and how, I mean, just how good you thought he was going to be. So I was really shocked to see you move him. But you feel that, you know, you included it in a package into where, you know, in a draft where you could land Kevin Love at at three. And I mean, do you want Mahorn or do you want Kevin Love? I mean, that's the no brainer. So you did a really good job. Uh, 
You threw, uh, like you mentioned, the Drazen trade. I thought that was a really good trade for me. Um, you were just kind of caught in the spot to where you were, you're one of those guys who doesn't mull over deals and like gets get caught up on little bitty details. If uh, if you got something you want, you're you're willing to throw in a little extra if you have to just to get it done. That's why I always like trading with you. You're one of the easiest people to trade with. So I was able to benefit there and get that. Uh, ultimately, it's probably not a huge deal to you. You maybe could have got a little bit of better pick, but it was just like we were in we were in chat together. You know, we talk, get it done. I think I got a little bit of a best friend discount there. So I mean, it's he's been good on my team this year. Uh, overall, the rebuild's going great. You're you know you're set up nicely. You did a good job of getting those high picks all around each other. You know the the kind of the the horrible thing about the will is, you know, that all those picks are always spread out, but you have, you've been able to, you said tank in without taking, and that's a perfect example, or that's a perfect description of what you did. You got all these high, high draft picks, you know, centered around, you know, two, three years. So uh, the big, the big question is going to be, do, do you have the patience to, to, to sit on that? Uh, you think, I mean, your that draft plan is a solid one. It's as solid as it gets. Uh, just knowing you in Sim League and how eager you are to make deals, it's going to be real interesting to see if, if you're able to do that. It was so difficult not to make an offer for Gathers or Ren. Like, I'm looking at Gathers' contract, and I'm like, all right, in five years, how old will he be? 29, 30, 31? Okay, gosh, I, I don't do it, Tone. Just don't do it, man. Just let it go. <laughs> so it's it's only been 10 days, and I'm already, like, scratching at the neck, man. It's it's going to be interesting. <clears throat> Speaking of interesting and uh, head scratching, let's uh, head east and talk about a team that uh, made the Sim League finals our first year into this and essentially self-destructed his roster and turned it into a 500 team uh, for better or worse. And that's the Bobcats. Um, Dirt, uh, you know, maybe you want to chime in on your thoughts on, you know, the moves that Odin made and, and kind of make sense of it uh, as best as you can. Yeah, I think it was the fear of Mitchell um, dropping off a cliff. Um, the second TC with him um, having to send him back to Germany, I think, scared him. So he decided to try to move some pieces around. Um, but unfortunately, Odin decided to move pieces around when a lot of other GMs were doing the same. So the value just wasn't as high as it as it could have been. And that's why, like, for example, I kind of tore the market up by giving like the league's leading, you know, field goal percentage guy for only one pick. So the normal 1.6 for Reva would have, you know, I think in a standard off season could have given me like maybe a one twelve and a one six or one twelve and a one four, but I think the pro I had to really lower the prices of my players to get the most out of them, and I think that's what really killed Odin. He he wanted to retool. He he thought Mitchell was going to fall off the cliff, and he needed uh, um a uh, really to to change his team. And instead of getting draft picks and kind of holding out, he wanted to move stuff. I think a little bit too quickly. I think he's a lot like me and was uh, patient. Uh, wasn't as patient as he should have been. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But I think that was his mindset was just the retool, and it just didn't really work out for him. 
Yeah, and kind I, of. I will a, see this. Go ahead, Sue. My fault. Just yeah, just kind of another yeah. another team on in the mold of kind of the bullets. Like you kind of question yourself, like what are they doing? I mean, his plan was to rebuild around Estes, and it, and he starts to you know sell off players, really not getting anything in return. And then the next thing you know, he's he's trading for Oscar Schmidt and Bootsy Thornton and giving up uh, <laughs> giving up picks for it. I mean, so kind of. I mean, I think Odin would be the first to admit that you know he's he's very impatient when it comes to comes to sim. You know, like Dirk mentioned, uh, he a little bit you know sees a little bit of himself in Odin. So uh, kind of head scratching. Um, but it's one thing Odin knows. Odin, Odin knows Sims. I mean, he's been around it a long time. He knows he knows how it works. Uh, he knows what it's like to build a team. So you kind of have to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, I mean, just two moves there that just really made me scratch my head. Yeah, I would just say that um, as somebody that, uh, you know, as Dirt pointed out, maybe he was worried about his point guard situation. But he had Stewart, the best player in the draft, Granger. Uh, waiting in the wings, being groomed and improved, and he could have handed the reins over there at the end of the at the end of the run. Uh, you know, obviously the timing it, it plays a big part in sim, and when you sell, and at what point you sell, and how many buyers are available at the moment. And Dirt pointed that out greatly, and I think you know it did impact a, a great deal with the Bobcats. I mean, at that, I think when all those deals were going on, it was basically a 24-hour period worth just fucking bomb after bomb. I mean, we're going over the deals right now on this podcast. It was just major deal after major deal after major deal. I think I was joking with you guys, and we were like, you know, let's only talk about the major deals, and then I'm like running through our list and it's like shit like these are all big time players like we had a a shit we had just a ton of premier talent just getting moved left and right um you know i think writing on the wall was uh was evident for some of these teams that they were just not going to compete with uh, some of the teams that were primed and 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 had their window now and in a little bit into the future so um you know i don't know if we'll have as much movement coming up in in you know the next off season obviously free agent class looks pretty poor so we'll see where things shake out and and value of things lay um speaking of la- value of things uh, we touched on this a little bit in in shout soup so i'm going to go to you first here on this but inflation on upgrade points uh, i think we started the you know, Sim 6.0, I think they were getting sold for like 10K and then it got 15K. And now, you know, we've seen 30 get moved between me and you for a first round pick. Um, I think we've seen 40K individually sold for one. Um, you know, your thoughts on, you know, where, <laughs> where or if a limit is going to exist on these things? No, I don't think there's gonna really going to be a limit because, I mean, they're kind of, it's always going to be a, probably a seller's market when it comes to uppies. Guys are constantly making deals and needing uppies, and it's just competition. And you know, you got four different guys competing over the last ten uppies. I mean, that's obviously going to up the price. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a little shocked. I mean, I moved what a first round pick for the for the thirty after I traded for Witherspoon. Uh, to me, that was worth it to be able to upgrade him fully this year. And have him the rest of the season, you know, on what I what I believe is a championship caliber roster. So, I mean, I think that benefit to me was worth more than I was going to get at 121. Uh, but then we turn around and make that deal. I give it first for 30, and then Magic's posting a trade blog, 10, 10, 10 uppies for a first round pick. And you're just like kind of like, like what the fuck are you talking about, man? There's no one's going to give you 
a first round pick for ten uppies. So I don't know. It's kind of. I mean, like, that's the thing. Nobody's gonna give. Nobody's gonna give that to him today. But fast forward four weeks no, from now, there's no way. You, there's no way. Now. No, you don't no. think it's gonna get. No, no that's there's there's a definitely a line. <laughs> I, I mean, it's progressed from fifteen k, and then kind of Tim took it to that next level and started offering everybody. I think twenty five, and then he even jumped it up to fifty to one point. So I mean, it's kind of slowly escalating, but I don't think we'll ever get to that point where you're seeing fucking people sucking dick in a parking lot for fucking one uppie or some shit. I mean, I don't think we'll go that far, but I don't know. I don't know if Eric's got a plan to rein it in or if that's something we can decide as a league, but I mean, I I really don't see it as a problem at this point, as long as it don't get, you know, too out of hand. Well, I feel like uppies are on, on the same, maybe not there quite yet, but they're on par with draft picks. You know, there's top tier draft picks, top end draft picks. There's not a lot of them. So the price is just going to continue to go up on these guys. Even elite talent, the price is just going to go up on these guys and what the return comes back. And I just feel like, you know, even though we were like, oh man, 15K for 10 uppies, that's, that's a lot. Or, you know, I think we were originally just like, oh, I'll swap you my 3001 for your 3004. And people were, you know, and then slowly it was like, well, no, and I, I got to add a little tax because I got to wait to take those 3004s. So you're going to give me 10K or 5K more. And it's, you know, like you said, uh, maybe we ultimately, you know, hit a plateau here coming up. Well, check this out. I mean, it's because all of us guys are going for a championship and we're needing all these uppies to make our team slightly better. Just want to let you know, like there's going to be a chance where I'll, there's going to be a time where I come and I'm on the selling end and I'm going to fucking return the favor to all you cocksuckers running up the fucking prize. As you should, as you should, it, it, what goes around comes around, you know, that's saying, um, let's, uh, let's dive in a little bit here and, and look at, uh, the season, right? Uh, well, actually, you know what dirt, I know you wanted to chime in here. So go ahead and chime in before we, we look into the season a little bit here. Yeah, I didn't get to, because me and Soup have argued over this upgrade situation for two seasons. You fucking now. hypocrite. Yeah, Soup, Soup, I jump on Soup. Soup returns the favor. So, I don't, I don't do any like um, Robin Hood stocks or whatever they're called. But can somebody that is good at that stuff do an article and do some sort of stocks rising and like lowering throughout throughout this season and last season? Because I want to see what it's like. Cause, on one end, I'm like, okay, the creation guys are pretty close to being maxed out on uppies. So is that going to make them rise or fall? But then you have people like Tim who gets like two second rounders and like a 26th overall pick. And he's trying to upgrade these guys fully so he can possibly sell them off for a 1.9. <clears throat> so is it going to continue to move up or is it going to continue to go down? I, I don't see it as changing. And I think soup is a hundred percent correct because I sold mine because I'm only going to have one pick every, you know, year. So I don't need 70, 80 uppies. So I traded for some of mine to even resell. And that's, that's what I did for my first round pick. And I was like, Banks was like, Hey, why is dirt trading for 10 more upgrades? When he told me he didn't even need them. Well, it was to try to resell and get some coin or try to at least like, you know, bump it up. So it is currency in the league and I don't see any of it changing. And I, I think it's hilarious. I think it's an, another great, you know, aspect of the league and it's, it's enjoyable to watch people, you know, to sell off and see what they can get for them. 
Well, I think even my greater issue was, I think at one point, well, when you had told me, oh, I'm done buying upgrades, I don't need them anymore. I get in a trade talk to purchase upgrades and the GM is like, oh, you're in a bidding war. And I'm like, oh, I think I know that BK is one of the guys. I was like, is it just me and BK? And they're like, no, it's you, BK, and Dirt. And I'm like, what in the fuck? I literally just talked to this man like 45 minutes ago and he told me he was done buying these fucking upgrades and now i'm in a fucking three-way bidding war between bk and dirt like uh, i was just just like uh it's just never gonna end <laughs> well like i said i was trying to cock block bk i didn't realize you were the one bidding but i knew bk was it was with the dlap upgrades right <clears throat> so i was like i don't yeah i, don't I, I think it was bk i mean yeah yeah, so, so then that's going to be why they're going to be so high is because you got people like BK with two, like, for example, Andrew Luck's going to have two top six picks in the in one draft, so he's going to want 60 upgrades, but is he going to spend the money to get them? Right, well, we're yeah, spending a little bit, little bit way too much time on fucking uppies. Let's move on to the East and yeah. talk about some of these teams. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, um, you know, the the page turns on on the year, and once again, we see the Sixers at the top of uh, the standings here in the East. Um, you know, we got Sixers, we got the Hawks, we got the Nets, we got the Knicks, uh, Pacers, Cougars, Magic, and then the Bobcats. Obviously, we we have some pretenders and we have some contenders, but you know, we might want to pump the brakes on the pretender talk uh, as we saw last year in playoffs. Uh, things can get a little crazy. Um, soup, anything that uh, jumps out to you, maybe a favorite four or favorite team that sticks out to you. What's your thoughts on the Eastern Conference? Yeah, well, we kind of already broke down, you know, a lot of the teams in the East. You know, one team we didn't talk about was your Sixers. Uh, you basically returned everybody from last year, plus you were able to add, you know, a wing and Riva um, <clears throat> and your point guard in the draft, Larry Drew, and you, you seem to be firing on all cylinders. Uh, you still have got Kemp. Uh, you moved bowl. Um, that was that was. I guess we really didn't talk about that trade. Uh, so a lot of controversy around that one. Uh, I know you've you've been in some talks. You know you've had Kemp out there on the market. Not sure what your plans are. If you're even close to moving moving someone like that, it was kind of interesting that you moved bowl. Uh, that, I mean, but I think you kind of had to for that offer that you got for him. But now you have Kemp and you got him on the market and you're trying to find a bowl like player. So I don't know if you want to touch in on that a little bit, but I mean, otherwise, other than that, you're you're like you're looking great. I mean, you're looking like you did last year. You had the number one efficiency offense, um, shooting 53% from the field on the season. That's just ridiculous, man. You, your turnovers have gone down. You're at 12.4. So Larry Drew looks to be a pretty dang good point guard for you so far. Uh, he's got 11 assists on the season. You know, under two turnovers. Uh, Obviously, you'd like to see his field goal percentage a little higher, but he's not shooting a whole lot, so that didn't really matter. Um, just kind of on cruise control right now with this team. Uh, Looking to the playoffs, uh, looks like you were able to get your depth chart situation sorted out. Uh, sorted out. I know Muhammad early on looked to be getting a lot, a lot more minutes than your other two, you know, stud wings, and it looks like you, you've kind of leveled that out. Uh, but uh, most, I just. I'm kind of curious to – we didn't talk about the bull trade. If you want to kind of weigh in on that real quick, what kind of your thought process in dealing with BK on that? Um, Yeah, I, I will just say, like, um, at one point in the beginning of the offseason, I was looking at my roster. I had lost DD. I brought Kemp back. 
I lost Gardner because Ward loves to take these like nice secondary pieces and then flip them via free agency. So I was looking at my roster and I was hoping I'd get at least one year of Gardner to groom Drew. Um, you know, it didn't work out. But I, you know, I was looking, I looked at preseason and I had benched all my elite guys in Ellis and, and all that because I just wanted to see what kind of my secondary guys would do in preseason on their own. And I was really um, worried about Bull. Uh, he, he had amazing blocks, but I already knew that's what he was. But his rebounding really didn't improve too much. Um, his efficiency kind of looked what it was, even though he doesn't shoot much. And and I looked at his two TCs, and he didn't grow that much. And for a guy that had a ton of potential, and it looked like he could um, beef up substantially, it just wasn't happening. So I just said to myself, you know, if I can get rid of him for a top 10 pick, I, I think I spent 1-9 to, to move up from 110 to get him. So if I can get a top 10 pick, I think I have enough on my roster. Um, Odin had offered me 1-8, and I was uh, in the middle of doing something, I think, at work, or maybe I was going to court. I don't know. Something in life was happening, and I didn't get a chance to PM him. I accept the deal. And as in between that time, he had then moved 1-8 in a different deal. Um, and so it was no longer available. And I just threw it out and shout like, Hey, if somebody wants bowl for a top 10 pick, you know, I'll do it. And BK PMB. And he was just like, hypothetically, would you do one five for bowl? And I was like, I don't even want to answer a hypothetical, but yes, I would do one five for bowl. And then he, he, uh, PM me right back. And he said, uh, this would be the deal. And he sent me expirings one five for bowl. And I, I came back to him because I knew he was desperate for upgrades. And I said, well, if I if I toss you 20 more upgrades, can we make that 1.5 into 1.3? You know, maybe I'll add another pick to it. And he came back, no, this is the deal. And I accepted it right away. It was very easy to deal with BK. I think I said that in shout. Um, he was, it, it was just simple and and clean. And so I have, you know, he was he was a breeze to work with. I liked the deal, obviously. Um, to get 1.5 back from him was, to me, a no-brainer, even though Bowl is is a beast. Um, but, you know, like I said, I had uh, – it was a bunch of moves. I had to get Riva from Dirt. I had to get, uh, you know, move, move Bowl off the roster. So I've, I've been tweaking this roster an awful lot. I know there was a lot – there was a couple of times just talking to you. You were really close to moving Kemp. Gun to your head right now as he traded before the dead, 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 trade deadline. No, all talks for Bowl are – I mean, for Kemp are dead. Um, I – I, I mean, he was going to move, be moved in a deal for, um, uh, for to the bullets um, for gathers, and, and that kind of fell apart uh, when the secondary deals fell apart. And then he was also, it looked like, um, via PM exchange, a done deal to uh, Ba and the Pipers, um, which I was really excited about. Um, you know, I just thought it was, it made a lot of sense. And then that would also have triggered the deal with me and Dirt and <laughs> led to no drama involved. Um, but that also fell apart. Yeah, I know we, we're probably not going to touch on that just because Dirt didn't want to talk about it tonight. But uh, part of that deal falling apart was you getting Randy Brewer, just a little bit, you know, tell us a little bit what you're thinking there. What did you see in him that you liked? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take responsibility. Like, listen, I love dirt. So, you know, like we, as he said, we are, uh, this is an ego driven league. We all want to be the best and we all have humongous egos. Uh, everyone on this podcast has, you know, it, it's, it, it, it don't get much bigger than the three of us. Um, so, you know, I didn't, I'm looking at it. I probably didn't 
um, lay it out clear enough to dirt. And so I, I take my responsibility. But yeah, it, it, the the deal was I was going to make a big move for either Gathers or Move Kemp. And in those deals, I would be short multiple big men. And in return, I was going to flip them, flip a pick to dirt, uh, a 1-9 to get uh, King and uh, Magnif- Magnifico. Um, and that kind of fell apart. And when that fell apart, I just wanted a single big man. And, you know, me and Dirt spoke about a couple of different, op- you know, options. Um, none that he committed to, but that he would be willing to do. And Brewer was on the table. And I just, Brewer being an A potential big man, um, and full disclosure, I requested his uh, scouting from Tim and he gave it to me. So I knew exactly what his build was. Um, I felt like getting Brewer plus getting a, a first round pick back, something that Dirt wasn't going to be able to offer in our, our exchange, just kind of had a little bit more value to me than getting both King and uh, then King and uh, Magnifico. But now that, you know, it fell apart, you know, I feel like maybe... And seeing how King is just absolutely insane, dropped like a 50-piece uh, last sim, you know, he's probably a little bit better than I assumed he was. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, probably there's a little bit of regret there. And, and obviously it led to tension, so I didn't want that either. So, you know, add that on top of it. Yeah, I mean, I, me and I think Soup will probably, you know, say the same, that me and Banks are very similar, I think but also very different. But when we're similar is, is we both are very um, stubborn when we need to be, I guess. And I think uh, my stubbornness and frustrations boiled over to a point that I wish it wouldn't have gotten to. And I apologize to Banks for that now, because I haven't sent him an apology. I haven't sent him a text. Um, I was actually like on, I'm an outside salesman. I was about two and a half hours away yesterday and my text wouldn't go through our group chat with me and Soup and him. So it seemed like I was probably ignoring him, but I actually wasn't. And there was probably a text that I sent that didn't go through that I'm really glad it didn't go through. <laughs> but um, I, I think we both did deals that we didn't want, you know, like, well, my deal I didn't really want to do and um, with, with 20s. I really wanted a top 10 pick. and But... Knowing now that you got the build for Brewer makes makes it a little bit reason why, you know, why you did that deal. So, um, I without saying too much on it, I just I apologize for for the drama I caused and for uh, for what happened. And I, I just I don't you know I don't want to quit the league. I don't want to stop talking to you. I, I want you know I'm just was, I'm just gonna be moving forward and uh, hopefully we'll be on the same page. You know the next time we do some trade talks. All right, another team in the East that we really haven't talked about yet is the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, love him or hate him. Uh, BK, he's he's really done a re- really good job of building this team. And it started with the draft, uh, you know, Michael Brooks and Michael Corrin, uh, as well as Larry Smith. So he got himself, uh, you know, three pretty good rookies to start off there. And then he was able to land someone from you, uh, Banks. He got... DD, uh, kind of one of the one of the better, probably more underrated players in the league. Uh, really good shooting guard, gives you high rebounds, a uh, good defender. Uh, so he was able to play him, plug him in there. Uh, I picked up Larry Brown at the trade deadline here, or not trade deadline, I'm sorry, but at the day 60. 
So, you know, he, he got bowl from you as well in a trade. So he's quietly, you know, kind of having you building himself a really solid team here. Um, look, just looking at the, the statistics and his record and, and, the, and the roster, he's probably not quite there yet. I think he would admit that. Uh, he's probably decided. Just real quick here, Soup. Real quick on on uh, on BK, right? Because you he's done a fantastic job to this point. Ten sim years from now, over under one and a half sim titles. Is he over or is he under on that on that number? You, you interrupted me for that shit. Yeah. Under. Yeah, I I, uh, I I think he's he's set up very nicely, but you know. Why would you interrupt me for that shit? Why wouldn't you ask at the end of that? <laughs> like that, like that was such an important question that you had to get your shot off before the buzzer. All right, so I'm anyway, just, so you BK just looking at his team, you're like, is he? You know, he's not quite probably, even though his record has him in the top, you know, four, four or five in the in the East. He's probably a missing, you know, a stud away from competing at that level to win a championship. Uh, does he push all in? <clears throat> Maybe not all in, but does he push in? And pick, I know he's got some picks coming up here. Does he make a move to put him into that upper echelon? Does he sit sit tight, make picks? I'm just looking at him, talk, talk and shout. Uh, he's not really a fan of the market going on right now for players. He's been kind of down on it. And, you know, any trade that's gone down, he, he thinks that people are paying too much for these players, and he might be right. So at this point, it looks like he's probably staying – sitting tight and just letting the draft come to him and just building up there. So just kind of want to get you guys thoughts on the nets as well. And as I guess, do you, the question on the table is 1.5 championships in the next decade. Yeah, absolutely. And before Dirk can answer that one, we'll, I'll throw it over to him. Uh, just do you think he's has that viewpoint of um, too much being sent for these players because he's holding some valuable cards and you know, everybody is asking for both of those cards in any deal that he attempts to make. And you know what? I, I don't try to pretend to know what goes on in BK's mind. I think that's a losing battle. So, um, I mean, he, I guess to him, he feels like me giving up 1.9 for with a spoon spoon isn't worth it. I guess that's a valid point. If you're not looking at the full picture that, you know, with had 30 upgrades left and, He's already all defensive type player, so I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe he's there's some truth to what he's saying, or maybe he's just trying to buy into maybe his own bullshit. But either way, uh, he's sitting with a great team now, and he's got potential to add to that or sit and wait and add to that later. Yeah, Dirk, carry that baton. What are your thoughts on the whole BK one and a half titles over or under? All right, I got a little bit of a confession. I I did receive the combination into the chap. BK Batcave and Discord. So I, I roll into there and, and discuss, you know, Sim League with those guys quite a bit. Uh, when I'm driving through work, I, you know, I'll have um, my cell phone hooked up to the stereo and I'll BS with BK and Chap while they're playing um, WoW and stuff. And he's, he's a great guy to sit down and do an argument with. You know, he makes me a little sharper in the league. He actually knows some things. That, that I don't know and make me, you know, think, hmm, maybe, maybe BK is right here. Let me, let me do some research. So I will say over on the championship, I think he gets to, he essentially had three top five picks in the next three years with arguably one of the best shooting guards. That is the shooting guard tag um, and defensive players in DD. So 
I, th- I think that he adds Odin to this mix next season. And then the next year he has another 1.3 that he can add to this roster. So I don't know if he wins a title this season or next season, but I think you can give him two titles in the next 10 years. Wow. That's bold. Um, just as we close up here, talking on, on the East here, a couple teams that we didn't really touch too much into the Indiana Pacers, uh, the Carolina Cougars, who were my darling last year, uh, Orlando magic, Charlotte Bobcats, um, any of these guys, uh, uh, maybe a move away to really be uh, contending out here, being a top four team in the East, you know, uh, making a run, or you think, you know, it's it's the top four guys out East dirt. Yeah, man, I, I'm just a, I'm a fan of the Knicks, man. I just think they've got a two-headed monster that in a good enough core, you know, good enough guys around them that I think he's I think he's the front runner. Um, the East is obviously stacked. There's there's the five teams, like you said, that are going to have the opportunity. RNG rules, RNG reigns, as we all know. But I'm just uh, I'm feeling good about Ink. I'm feeling good about his roster. He has a you know a legit top three player on his team, and then a legit top you know seven to ten player on his team. You could you could say he has the best small small forward and the best center. And um, I think uh, he built a good enough squad to get the job done this year. Yeah, super. Same question to you outside of the top four that we've kind of dove into. Anybody um, maybe on the fringes here of maybe pulling an upset come playoff time, get a Raptors run, or do you think we're it's just the, we're the four teams up top out of East? It's kind of hard to overlook anybody after what happened last season. Um, we're kind of just skating over the Pacers and Cougars here. But, um, hell, last season the Pacers fucking beat me by 50 points. So, I mean, they got the talent there. Um, you know, on paper they're probably – one or two seasons or one piece away. But as you saw with, you know, like the Bucks last year, or, I mean, you can't really say the Raptors because the Raptors, they overperformed, but it was with veterans. Uh, the Bucks kind of did it out of nowhere. Um, and so kind of the Pacers and Cougars kind of give you that same kind of vibe. Uh, the Cougars, got, Cougars are obviously missing a point guard. I don't think they have a point guard to compete at the high level. But their pieces are, <clears throat> if you're saying, the next 10 seasons, you know, who, who are the teams in the East that are going to make, you know, the make you be in contention for the most championships. I think you got to start talking, you know, bringing the Pacers and Cougars into that mix. Uh, Kiki Vandeweghe has been really good for the Cougars this year. Um, he was able to make a trade for Magnifico. I'm not sure if that's enough to get, to get it, to get a, you know, get him there this year, but anytime you can add a defensive player of the year, it's certainly going to help your chances, especially in the playoffs. Uh, Stip he's been really good this season. He's kind of kind of seems like he's maybe taking a little bit of a step back from last season, but he's still putting up really good numbers. Uh, so what you know, 20s is missing. He's really missing, you know, that player in the backcourt that that can really you know catapult his game to the next level. Uh, and Pacers, I really like what they did in moving, you know, for for Blackman and Mahorn. Uh, I think listening to Dirt, Dirt really got me sold on Mahorn. And uh, Mahorn seems to be playing really good. He's a double-double kind of guy. He's going to give you probably one and a half, two blills per game. Um, Drexler's, you know, plugging away. Drexler's been kind of disappointed this season. Uh, I don't don't know what it is. If you look at his his rating, the grades, you're just like, it all. But uh, it seems like his shooting percentage has gone down. I don't know if maybe he's messing around with some settings there to where he's not doing as well as he was last year. Maybe playing next to a ball hog like Blackman. 
it's kind of intimidating Drexler a little bit. Drexler has been known as being a kind of a soft motherfucker. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Patriots do. I know they're losing Staten, not losing Staten, but he's an expiring this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they, if they, you know, bring him back or if they try to go maybe a new direction. It doesn't look like Staten is really uh, – I don't really think he's going to be the answer long-term at point guard. I think he'll want to bring in maybe a point guard that's more suited, you know, to, to Drexler and Mahorn. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, those are probably outside of those six teams. Uh, that, that's probably where you could cap it at. The Magic are going to fall now that they've gotten rid of Ren. Uh, the Bobcats and Bullets are just fucking barely holding their head above water at this point. Yeah, um, Dirt, let's uh, let's change the scene here a little bit over to the West. Hey, real, uh, real quick, before, before we move yeah, over. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, GM of the New York Knicks, Ankley, just reached out to me to see if I'd be interested in moving Witherspoon for Wrecker. So uh, this is the same Knicks GM who came to me year before last and was like, hey, do you want to trade me Kraft and I'll buy him out for you? What would you add to the deal? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's got some interesting tactics. tactics. You got to admire his pluck and uh, go and shoot this shot like that, though. Hey, I was priming yeah. him up for you. I've been working on a deal for 1.17, so he's just in the trading mood. <laughs> uh dirt your thoughts on the west right we've talked a little bit on on the blazers uh obviously you know the grizzlies have been uh deep dived on we talked about your clippers who are sitting in the eighth spot but we also have uh the chaparrales obviously soups mavs are sitting here in the third seed currently um the bucks who uh we touched slightly on and then you know pointy pointy spurs man they are they're in here they're above 500 they're in the playoffs and then the golden state warriors um you know you want to touch on some of those teams uh you know kind of similar are we looking at five uh you know big time teams and then the rest are just kind of you know along for the ride watch out for them clippers in the eight seed boy no, in all seriousness, I, I, man, the top of the West is stacked. I think you, I think the Spurs just aren't there yet, you know, unfortunately. But the next five is anybody can can really um, pull it off at this point. I just, I, the Bucks being twenty eight and eleven, just going five and five in their last ten. I know that that's a bit weird, and I, I know stuff like that happens in the regular season. While even looking at the Mavericks, they just went five and five in their last ten, and think before that they were 10 and 0 or 9 and 1 it, it's just the way the sim goes sometimes and as ron washington would say and I, I just if i had to pick one team to to really um to finish it out it's 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 trophy to get my boy kyle Hines a ring i think um that Hines and gates combo i don't know man i, I think this, they might be missing that wing though i don't know it, it's up in the air it's up in the air. I'll, I'll put my money on the Bucks right now for my boy Hines, but I, I can't pick anybody. They're, they're just too close. Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned the Bucks. I think one thing to point out there is they've only played 15 games at home so far this season. You know, so a lot of guys, you know, they've played 25 to 30 games at home. And it, so Bucks are going to be getting a lot of home cooking down the stretch, you know, you know, the back 60 of this season. I know he's been really disappointed with what he's gotten from Gates so far this season. Just can't get him to shoot. I don't know if, uh, whether that's been because of the addition of Hines or uh, maybe I just – I don't know. Maybe Gates isn't the volume shooter that we thought he was. I mean, he puts stats up. He puts rebounds. He puts assists. He's getting some steals. So maybe he's just not the high usage player that we thought he was going to be. 
Uh, Pope still putting up great percentages, doing his thing. Pope is a guy that just continuously tears me up anytime I played him. Uh, he, uh, Bucks got their point guard in Haynes in free agency this year. Who he? I mean, he's kind of just kind of pedestrian season so far this year. But uh, I don't know if that backcourt's really enough to. I'm not. You know what? I'm not gonna say nothing about the Bucks because they'll end up beating me in the fucking first round again. So yeah, Bucks. Yeah, Bucks will be good. Um, let's see here, who we talk about the Grizzlies? Uh, I mean, I think they were the only team that in the predictions everybody picked the Grizzlies to win the Pacific. And we talked to them. I talked about them a little bit earlier how they were kind of struggling out the gate and if with their point guard Mitchell not really not fitting into the mold. And they added Ren and they they reeled off nine one. Nine and one in their last last ten games, so they look to be on the up and up. Uh, so they should be very, very, uh, very, very dangerous come playoff time. I was able to make some moves. Uh, I don't. We didn't really break down the trade with Witherspoon. Uh, I just with Drazen being expiring and getting up there in age, I was kind of scouring teams looking for, you know, a shooting guard type defensive guy where I could bring in and kind of you know, be next man up when Strazen decides to leave. And I just I saw Witherspoon sitting out there in Charlotte, not really doing anything. He had all his up- upgrades left in him. I reached out to Fecta. We got a deal done at the time. You know, people thought I gave up maybe a little too much. And then they started kind of digging deeper into it and seeing that he hadn't been upgraded. And like, hey, wait, this guy is actually putting up pretty decent percentages and he's already an all-defensive type player. So I was able to, you know, add him to the squad. Um, been struggling the last 10, five and five. Uh, it's kind of weird. You know, I played the Sixers twice. We split that last sim, uh, beat the Bucks, And then I turned around and I'm like, I lose by 50 to the Pacers. And then I get beat by the Cavs. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I understand the sim sometimes, uh, currently second in fracks. I know neither one of you guys are big on fracks, but so, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a team, you know, I'm at least top five, probably contender at this point. Um, Chaparral's is another team we really haven't dove into a whole deep, deep into yet. Uh, Breshers, I mean, is this guy we were talking about it in shout? Is this guy going to be the first ever player to get back to back player? Uh, you know, most improved. So I mean, he's when when he got max, I don't think anybody could envision this is the kind of player he was going to turn into. He's just been an absolute beast, and him and Meeks down low are just you know powerhouse. It's kind of like what the Grizzlies have down low in Langing and Joshua Smith, except. These guys are a little bit older and have better potential. They're probably going to be doing it a lot longer. Uh, the biggest question with the Chaparrales, you know, they're sitting up top right now, 41 and 11. Um, is he going to make a move? You know, he's obviously been in the trade market. Uh, kind of, he had, oh, I guess any 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 move that's going to be done by the Chaparrales is going to have to go through BK, and that's not no mystery. So I kind of wish chap you know he would use his own mind and and you know not listen rely on bk so much because i really think he should make a move he's in a position where i mean he could i think set himself up as the favorite in the west but he's listening to bk too much and he's sitting content on waiting for the draft to come to him and i think that's the wrong move uh ultimately i guess we'll see uh he's he's kind of they're kind of high on each other they they stroke each other off on their last podcast uh, and that's because that DD deal ended up working out for him. So, so they say, I mean, they got trade raped in the DD deal 
but it happened he happened to work it happened to work out perfectly to where he was able to steal away you know a max type player Papa Lucas so he sees it as a win in his book which it was I mean it was like lightning strike I mean it's just it, more often than not that deal's not that that it's not going to work out that way and he just happened to get lucky so I don't know it'll be fun to see him uh, he had four all-stars which is kind of kind of crazy when you think about it um It'd be interesting to see if his team's got the fortitude down the stretch and if they'll hold on to that number one seed. Uh, oh, yeah. Prediction. I got the Grizzlies again. Uh, I thought they were the best best team going into the season. I was a little worried when they struggled. But, I mean, Edinburgh, I think they're they're clearly the, the cream of the crop in the West. So I got them representing the West. Dirk, did you pick Yeah, already? I'm real curious. Yeah, uh, I I didn't, but I think I'm gonna go with the. I think I'm gonna end up going with the Bucks. I think Trophy still got a move in him. Um, I still let's see what Frederick does for him when he gets back healthy. Looking um, at the but, free agent market, what kind of player do you think uh, Trophy can move move for? I'm not well. He still has one three, so we'll find out if he really wants to make that move with one three or if he decides to pick it. I think that's gonna be big. I, I, yeah. I'm leaning on him um, probably taking the pick, so he probably won't win this season. But I have a feeling Trophy might get a, might just decide to to make the big move there. But you know, we'll see. I just know early on, you and Banks, when uh, it seemed like early in the season, things were kind of dead on the on the trade market, and both of you guys had made the comment that it just it didn't look like any more trades are going to get done this season, and then kind of. You know, a little bit halfway through the season, or halfway through the season, it just it kind of the the bandaid got ripped off, and we saw trades left and right. Are you a little bit surprised by that? Actually, I I kind of am. You pulling a wild fecta out to to get Weatherspoon, and I know um I told you I offered for Weatherspoon a, a couple of, you know the inaugural season, so I thought that was a a really killer move for you to get a a low key really solid small forward no cap. Um, guy that gets his upgrades and a camp, you know, like he already was a, a 40, like 8% shooter, you know, solid, you know, decent rebounds, decent steals. And to be able to plug a, a plus 40 into him uh, just to be your third guy, you know, your third wing is, is, was a phenomenal move. I didn't see that coming at all. And as we know with Scrouse, I didn't see him trading Ren. I didn't think anybody had the juice to get him after, you know, selling off everything. So that that was a big surprise too, and it was like what one of the biggest trades of the of the season so far. Um, the the league is shining right now, and was pretty happy to see the, all the trades going on. Now the teams we mentioned, you know, the Chaps, the Bucks, and the Nets. Of those three, which one do you see making like like rank them like in order of which team makes a move this season? You said the the Bucks, the Nets. And who else? And was the, cha- the chat and the chat chaparrales. I don't think the chaparrales make a move because they've got six, seven in the next two years, and I think he's scared to to pull the trigger. Um, and I don't think BK's moving those two picks either. I think he's scared to make a move and wants to to make those two picks. So I'm gonna say trophy because I think he's got the wavos to actually send out a legit offer that somebody will actually accept. I think BK should have moved three and five for a legit Ren instead of just doing the 1.5 for bowl. 
I, that's what I think. He either should have taken all three picks or he should have packaged two for a rim. But we know BK, he will not trade for an expirings because he is like convinced that no one will resign with them, even though Reva resigned with me. So I try to argue that fact with him and he will ignore it every time that he thinks it is ignorant for one of your all stars to go to and you know, to free agency. He just doesn't agree with it. Yeah, we kind of both picked our teams in the West. Uh who you who you got representing the East when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think it's going to be a dogfight, man. I can see any of the top five, six teams going into it. I think Sixers, Knicks go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I just think um, the Knicks' outside offense is just going to be a little too much, and uh, and RNG is going to going to pull the Knicks through to the finals, and that that's my pick. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting in the East again this year. I think we saw that last year, how competitive and how fun that. Those, those those first round matchups can be, and you kind of got the same. You know, I, I don't think you get you got anything in the seven and eight that are going to challenge those top six seeds. But man, when you get into that you, that three six matchup, that four five matchup, with the winner taking on the one seed, I mean, you're going to see some some battles. Um, you know, I, I was big on the Hawks last year. Uh, they they lost Larry Brown and added Belloff and Dewan Blair. I think I think uh, as good as the Sixers are and as talented as they are, I think they're more right now as as is they're more built for a regular season type run and not the playoffs. So I'm gonna go the Hawks. I've got the Hawks Grizz. I just I think just top to bottom those those two teams are just solid all the way through. And I know you mentioned uh, getting the best players available, and that's kind of the mode they've gone. They haven't worried about. Who's going to get the shots? Who's going to score the points? Which we're going to put five, you know, solid motherfuckers on the court, and we're going to win. And if someone has a down night, we, you know, someone's going to pick up the slack. If someone fouls out, someone's going to pick up the slack, you know, you know, and prevail us to the next round. So that's what I got. I've got Hawks, and I've got Grizz. I think. And then you said you've got Bucks. You got Knicks. You got a little bit of the dark horse there. Two guys that are sitting at four and five seed right now. Uh, two guys that maybe aren't done making moves. So. It'll be interesting. I think it'll be a fun time on playoffs this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how how the rest of the the year shakes out. I think that's a. Uh, I know Banks had some issues with the, with the daughter waking up and he had to put her down. So I don't know if you just, we could wrap this up. And do you have any do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, just my my closing thoughts are. Um... Man, as as a guy that's not in the playoffs for a championship, it's going to be really fun to watch the drama unfold. I think that the Mavericks and Sixers, my uh, BS report um, guys, have just as good of a shot as any. Um, so it'll be very interesting to to probably BS with those guys live during the playoffs. I'm looking forward to it and make let the best man win between the East and the West. Um, I just uh, I'm excited just to see uh, the league is. Is very active right now with the trades. I'm glad Dirt's, uh, you know, rubbing off on everybody, and it's it's fun to see such an active league. And I can't wait to see uh, who holds the title this year. Yeah, it's been ridiculous the amount of trades that have been going on. I think they were comparing it to like you know to the this point in 5.0 and just how crazy our pace is on trades. Uh, so that's an active league is always a better league. Uh, a little drama. That's always fun. I think I think it's good. We're, start, we're finally starting to see some talent distribution throughout the league. 
you're not getting your clear cut favorites like you had, like maybe the first and second season. Uh, you're seeing maybe, you know, anywhere up, up to 10, 12 teams that, that are all capable of winning a championship. So um, that being said, we hope you enjoy the pod. We thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you join us. I don't know. We're kind of on the on the fence about doing a playoff preview. If you guys want to weigh in, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of interest in what we did last time. Uh, look forward to to Banks and, uh, and, and Dirty Joe's uh, draft draft preview coming up, draft mock draft. I know we start getting some we, – when do we get the grades? Tomorrow? Yeah, we get them tomorrow. And I'm yeah, hoping grades. maybe me and – yeah, me and Banks can maybe do it on Friday night maybe. I don't know. We'll just see how quick 1.1 goes. Maybe yeah, we know we'll you – yeah, well, you know, you guys got some great feedback on that last time, and y'all did a really good job. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that, and uh, we're looking forward to that. So, thank you, y'all guys, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. I'm rich, bitch! Bitch! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.